You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, from the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's GCB After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's GCB After Show. Good evening, GCB fans. Welcome to AfterBuzz TV. I'm Candon Bliss, and tonight I have a special guest with me tonight, Mr. Jason Gallagher. Howdy, y'all. Yeah. I'm so excited. You guys don't even know how excited I am to have him tonight. He's going to bring some hilarity to the show <laughs> and, some try. Great, and some great perspective. Super fans, we both are, of this GCB show, regardless Thanks of the controversy. Fans. Yes, regardless. Regardless. We love it, and I'm willing to stand up for the show. I think a lot of people are. I think it's getting even better, and I know Jason and I talked about the fact that I think some of the controversial terms and and things that are happening in the show are getting a little easier to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, we see more of the characters this episode, and we're really delving into them as people. And I think it really changes kind of the, the way the show comes off. Do you agree? I absolutely agree. I think people are just getting over it, which yeah. they should. You know, it's all, it's not meant, it, GCB is not meant as an attack for the Christian community. It's just, it's meant to set up the hilarity that the show brings. Right. And, and I think it really kind of opens your eyes into you see characteristics from these characters who do identify as Christian, but you, as the viewer, notice these characteristics in everybody and realize right. it's not exclusive to Christianity of whether you're a bitch or not. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There's plenty of them here in L.A. That's right. I see them every day on the 405. That's right. <laughs> of every walk of life. You know, so I think that everything that these people are going through in the show is going to continue to translate to anyone. I mean, this is these are issues that we all experience in our day to day lives, no matter where we live. Yeah. And I think, like I said, it was it's a control community Mm -hmm. for this show. Yeah. And it makes it easier to relate to maybe because you can really see them as a group of people and you're you're close to that living here in the US we're close to Christianity as a religion we we see the hypocrisy in it very clearly mm-hmm. whereas maybe in other cultures you can't it's not as obvious but right. it's still there yeah. it still exists all across the board mm-hmm. so i'm excited to see the characters develop even more and and help us figure out what this show is trying to accomplish. And, we, and we've realized now, I think, that it's not just to bash yeah. <laughs> Christianity. Completely um, agree. You made an interesting point about the significance of Kristen Chenoweth's character narrating the shows. Mm-hmm. Every time we have a second or third show, I, I'm, I'm guessing every show now we will have her narrating. So last time on GCB. Right, exactly. What do you think about that? I think that, like, like we were saying before, that 
they set it up in all the previews leading up to the series and everything that it really seemed like Leslie Bibb's character, Amanda, was going to be the head honcho and the, and the the character that leads this whole sort of thing. But I think that Darren Starr and the rest of the production company has really set it up. It almost seems like he's trying to go against the Sex and the City vibe, where it definitely was Carrie Bradshaw was the character and the other girls were in her life. I think he's sort of setting it up more now. It's just, it's they're all equally main characters, and they all have such a significance on each other that that it's not it's not just going to be one queen bee, right. you know? And I think that was what I was a little worried about was the other characters getting left behind mm-hmm. and Leslie Bibb's character and Kristen Chenoweth's character becoming like either like the two battling it out kind of thing and they yeah. still are but this episode we really saw the other three minion girls or whatever or I guess it's not three it's two but then you have Heather so we really saw like three characters really become more of a whole person yeah. in this episode. And totally. we saw a lot more into their personal lives mm-hmm. and into their issues. We mm-hmm. know what Amanda's issues are. We know what Kristen Chenoweth's character's issues are. I keep calling her Kristen Chenoweth. It's very hard to call her Carlene. <laughs> I, I know. I want to call her Kristen. <laughs> I can't get over it. I have the same problem. <laughs> um, but we really see everything about their lives, and it really rounds out, like you said, the whole storyline. All of the characters are really being molded, yeah. and it's becoming more of an ensemble cast. Exactly. Exactly. Which is cool. Yeah, I love it. I really feel like everyone's getting equal screen time, which yes. is just important to me, that I don't get tired of one character. And even the husbands get a lot of screen yeah, time that I'm surprised about. the husbands about. are stepping it up. Yeah, they really, you know, and taking it off, like <laughs> like Blake and Rip. Yeah, there are uh, <laughs> there are lots of shirtless men in this yeah. show, which I'm okay with. Yeah, shirtless cowboys is never been- <laughs> Unfortunately, the one that I want to see the most with this shirt off is not attracted to women, so that makes it very unfortunate for me. But very fortunate for me. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think you need to tell our viewers what your little motto is, because I think it's very uh, applicable to the show. Oh, yeah. I told, about my Republicans? I yes. About? Yeah, I, I run um, Republicans, and it's fiscally conservative, socially fabulous. I is my It's my little tagline. You are line. fabulous. So Republicans.com, check it out. Shameless plug. There you go. I love it. I think that's just so relevant to the show, and that's why I'm so, so excited to have you with us, because, you know, these people in, in the show, they're from Dallas. I'm assuming they're all conservative, yeah. Um, but they definitely make decisions with their lives that are not necessarily... Exactly. Uh, they're, they're socially fabulous for yeah. the most part. They're not by the book. And no. the book is capitalized in this sent in this. Yes, statement. they are definitely <laughs> not by book. the book, <laughs> the Bible book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some interesting biblical um, <clears throat> things that we're going to talk about later. Yeah. But I want to get into this whole concept of married all stars mm-hmm. that we saw come out, and this Love is something it. that I think they've been kind of gearing up for mm-hmm. in the past two episodes is delving into these marriages and what marriage means to these women. Yeah. And just because they've set it up. I think the first two episodes, they really were introducing a lot of things, characters, issues. Exactly. And now we're getting into the meat of it. Yeah. So they go to the singles thing at the church <laughs> and the three, you know, evil women and their husbands are the all stars. I loved it. <laughs> of being married. And they're trying to like coach these single people 
Christians on how to be Christianly singles. Like, what did she say? What did the preacher say uh, to Amanda to get her to come? It was like, just look for the Christian camaraderie. Yeah, I forget what it was. I think it was Christian camaraderie. Yeah. Something. I'm like, really? Are you kidding me? Because I always feel alienated in those situations. Every time when I was growing up and I would go to church, I would always want to be like in the youth group, you know? Yes. Or like get I was a, in youth group. Or like get into up. a small group. But mm-hmm. every time I would go, I would feel like the oddball out because yeah. somehow I wasn't like in the clique. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, and so I really related to this little clique that they have going on in the yes. church. Um, but let's talk about their... The two, the, the relationships between the two. So like Carlene and Rip, Sharon and Zach, and Cricket yeah. and Blake. Yeah. And kind of delve into their marriage relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I love the irony of the title, Marriage All-Stars. Because yeah. in delving in, we'll talk about how they're just not, they are not a perfect example no. of a marriage at all. So Is anyone though? I mean, I really, you can't. It's just impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. I think that they're setting up, I mean, who really in this show has a perfect marriage? I don't think anyone. The, no. the mother, um, Amanda's mother. Mother doesn't have a husband. Nope. I don't know where he went. Yeah. I don't really know that they've yeah. talked about it unless he passed away or something. I don't know. But you know, obviously nice. Amanda's marriage fell apart mm-hmm. and they set her up to be this, you know, this oddball out. Like, yeah. how dare you have a messed up marriage and be a Christian? And but yeah. here these three are. And mm-hmm. they're not a perfect example either. But I think that, again, this is a message that translates into everybody, into yeah. everybody's lives. Nobody's going to have a perfect marriage. You're yeah. all going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, these are exaggerated examples. Right. Totally. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Carlene and Rip. Um, they're obviously the ringleaders of this yes. whole little group. I loved it. My The first word I wrote down in my notes I was saying earlier was impotence. I love the opening scene of going into Carlene and Rip and him not being able to perform and her obsession over being able to make him able to perform. (laughs) Um, I, part of me thinks that their lust for each other is super endearing. I love it that they've been married for as long as they've been married and they're still so into each other. And even though that she from the outside seems to be the most prudish and by the book, um, she's really just an animal in the sack. (laughs) <laughs> but that's what makes like that honestly is probably a good thing for me. To, yeah. That's the one thing about their relationship that I love because mm-hmm. nobody wants to be in like a drab marriage. I yeah. mean, I'm saving myself for marriage. So, and that's a very Christianly value. Although yeah. my reasoning for making that decision was not because I'm a Christian. It's just a personal decision right. for my life. But I'm excited to get married and have like a fun relationship with my husband. Like yeah. I don't want it to be like boring. That would just suck, right? Totally. I think <laughs> I think Carlene put it perfectly without all the puns that sex is the glue that keeps marriage together. Yeah. And it well, I don't think it's the only thing that keeps a marriage together, obviously. It is such an important part. And I don't think that that is something that is is or should be ignored by right. religion. So I was happy that she can be the most right. religious of them all and, and know the and most. And a lot of people think that religious couples are not sexual. Yeah. And that they don't think about those things because that's dirty thoughts. But yeah. that's the most appropriate place to be dirty yeah. is with your totally. husband or wife. Yeah. If so, you can't do it with them, who no, can you? Who can you? No, it's <laughs> like, do you just not? Are you, are all yeah. Christ, are, Christians are not asexual. Yeah. I mean, we're yeah. normal human beings, right? Exactly. If they were, there wouldn't be any Christians. Right. They'd go extinct. Right. So I like, <laughs> I like that part of their relationship. Yeah. And I thought it was hilarious that um, she called, she called Cricket. 
and was like, what do I do? I have this um, couple that, you know, writes on my blog. Yeah. And uh, typical, you know, trying to hide their problems. Exactly. Um, but they want, her advice was go to the self-help section of the Christian bookstore. Yeah. And get some books on pleasing your man. Yeah, biblically, you know. <laughs> biblically pleasing Combine your man. Combine her two fashions. Her, her passions, not fashions. God, <laughs> man, I am two... gay. Fashion's always on my mind. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, um, so she went to the bookstore and got some self-help books. I don't know. But that was, to me, another humanizing moment for her yeah. is her feeling insecure Yeah. in her marriage, in her appearance. I mean, that's something every woman goes through. Yeah, if, exactly. If their husband's not feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> it, as she calls yeah, it. Yeah, it. <laughs> it. Capital I. Capital I, it. <laughs> so I, I thought that this whole snapshot of her is so humanizing yeah. and so relatable. Yeah. Even though she's kind of mean and about it in some ways to the other girls mm-hmm. um, she was more human in this episode yeah I completely agree and I think it it really shed light on on the Carlene and Rip relationship and I do think that even though they're both sort of seemingly twisted people mm-hmm. that they feel like they need to put up this front to all of society and are very manipulative and conniving and controlling at least they're in it together that's yeah. twisted they both yeah. seem to have that same those same Evil characteristics. Characteristics, and they work well together. Yeah, but they're not evil to each other. Right. I think they do have a happy marriage. I think they do too. I mean, yeah. for, like when he was making those decisions at the booby bar. Yeah. You know that they own together. Yeah. He was like, "Honey, you know, let's this like, let me make the decision. Yeah. Be a dutiful wife, and she's like, okay. Yeah. You know, they just they just exactly. kind of like work. Yeah. As well, twisted as it is, like you said, but and he kept something from her mm-hmm. that was really stressing him out mm-hmm. and was the problem with his performance. Yep. And eventually he told her. And I think that says something too, because most men really hide those emotions and they yeah. hide their stress and they don't talk about their feelings and exactly. they just they just take it all upon themselves. And she's like, It's my, you know, job as your significant other to take those things off of you and so they just share those things with each other. She shares her stresses with him and he shares with her and I think it makes for a Pretty happy marriage. Yeah, I do too. I Not that they're the do. epitome of a good marriage. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it's the good not, not good people. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I think they're a good marriage for each other, but not necessarily good people. But I yes. guess it's nice to have. Yeah. I don't know that they should teach other people. Yeah. Of anything. Really. Yeah. Characteristics <laughs> of being a good human. Yeah. No, not so much. Like in the ch- like teaching at the church, probably not the best move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how does that differ from Sharon and Zach's issues? Because they're having a lot of issues. Yeah. Sharon to me seems way more insecure with herself. Um, they joke about like her weight issues and everything, how she was a fox in high school and, and labeled a fox by Amanda, evil Amanda, when they were kids, um, and was the skinny, pretty one, and now she's eating a lot more and everything. And I think that she sort of puts those insecurities out into their relationship. And then at the same time, Zach's not faultless. He, I think he also is a little bit just naive and fooling himself that he's supposed to have this picture-perfect life. And I found it really sad that Zach's picture-perfect life was his image of high school. I don't think I don't think any adult should wish to still have their life be like high school. Well, it, you, you know, know, I think that this is uh, something that's always been something I say to myself. The people who peak in high school, mm-hmm. like, you don't want to peak in high school. No. 
because that's gone. Yeah. And then what do you have for the rest of your life? You live in the glory days like Zach. I mean, yeah. that's miserable. That's and so it, horrible. that makes the self-esteem issues that are natural as you grow up even worse mm-hmm. because you're still trying to live up to those things that you were in high school. And that's why I'm like, thank God I did not peak in high yeah, school because exactly. <laughs> I'm a late bloomer and I am okay with it because <laughs> I'm going to keep on blooming for the rest of my there life. You, go. you know, you got to make it better. Exactly. And that was something I was going to ask you what, what you thought about Zach's little speech. I mean, it was kind of like I wanted to hit him in the face because it was so silly. Yeah. But at the same time, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, I completely agree. I wrote down a quote from him when he's talking to Sharon about how he's always thought of her and his life plans, how he still really does love Sharon. And he's sorry about Amanda, blah, blah, blah. But he said, from the moment we were crowned at prom <laughs> and then goes into all this stuff. And I was like, God, I literally went, ugh. Yeah. Like that just is so gross to me. That should like, not be. Thanks. Yeah. That shouldn't be the pinnacle. No. Of your life. He definitely peaked too soon. And I, it just, it really more than anything made me sad for him and made me think that as the series goes on, Sharon and Zach are going to see a lot more problems. I could be wrong. This could have been the moment that brings them together. No, I I see this spiraling out of control as far as, I mean, I thought maybe if Zach stayed the same, Mm -hmm. they would be okay. Like they would get through this issue, but he seems to be running the other direction. Yeah. And I don't think it necessarily has to do with her. I don't think it really has to do with Sharon. I agree. I don't think he really cares about her weight issues. Yeah. I don't think so either. I I can't see that. I've never seen him say anything negative to her about it. I mean, even when she cooked all the fried food and stuck it in her boobs, you know, (laughs) he didn't say, honey, that's really gross. Like, you need to stop eating this stuff. He was just like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, eat some celery or whatever. And it's so not negative. Exactly. There's no reason that she should feel self-conscious other than her own self-esteem issues. Totally. Which might be, they're, they're having the same problems. Yeah. I mean, if she was, I just thought of that. (laughs) I think of these things on the fly, you know, that's how I work. I'm cool. I love it. Um, You know, if she was the skinny girl and the pretty girl in high school and now, you know, Carlene, who was kind of the not so cute Mm -hmm. girl in school, they've switched places. Yep. And, you know, maybe Carlene's self-esteem issues are, she's getting over those a little bit because she's now the fox of this whole little town and she's changed and Sharon's changed, but the opposite direction. Yeah. So I think Sharon and Zach are battling these self-esteem issues because they both peaked in high school and maybe Mm -hmm. that's what drew them together. Yeah. But that's also what's going to pull them apart. I think that's so true that they are now projecting their personal insecurities onto the relationship and onto their partner that their partner has never thought before. And and it's just destroying them. Yeah. My favorite thing about the Zach and Sharon relationship thus far, though, was when Sharon needs advice and calls the Texas Chili <laughs> Council Culinary Hotline. I love that. I thought that was the funniest thing, especially how they just, like, zoom in on her face, and she, without skipping a beat, asks all these questions about, what spices should I use, and do I grind it, or do I whatever? And then, do you have any more questions? Yeah, should I tell my husband that I know he's, he's kissed another woman, and she just, bam, bam, yes. bam, 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 spit for question. Absolutely. You should. I love it. Really? That. Are you sure? Because I'm really nervous. Nervous. Honey, you're using the hottest pepper in the <laughs> yeah. world. Quit whining and tell your husband. And she's like, okay. Exactly. I mean, I guess. Didn't skip a beat. Yeah. The Texas chili girl did not, woman, did not skip a beat. Yeah. Who I needs Dr. Her. Phil? Who needs uh-uh. couples therapy when you've got the Texas, Texas chili, chili council culinary hotline? <laughs> Such a name. <laughs> it was so the epitome of like my life not the not the hot, the hotline or anything but just chili like i'm glad <laughs> that somebody brought chili into this 
into this show because that's we eat chili at least like twice a week at my house. I love chili, and you're from the south. Oh yeah, I'm from Alabama. So, I'm a I'm a chili fan. So I'm glad that Good. that you're getting a taste of home. I was excited, so about to it. speak. <laughs> so the the whole um like projecting your insecurities onto somebody else mm-hmm. is a perfect little transition into cricket mm-hmm. and Blake's relationship. And um, I wanted to touch on cricket and uh, Carlene's interaction because yeah. what you said just rang a, a bell with me um, that when, when Carlene confronted Blake about the sex issues with Blake and cricket, mm-hmm. she was projecting her insecurities on to Cricket and Cricket's relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell me what you said about that because I, I know you're the one that kind of came up with that whole concept. I loved how, I guess just when when Cricket was getting all up in their business and <laughs> and decides that she... Carlene. Yeah, that, that Carlene, thank you. Carlene should uh, speak to Blake. And then my favorite part about the whole thing was was crickets coming back at Carlene and mm-hmm. just the ultimate word manipulation and spinning she's able yes. to do because to Carlene's credit she was 100% right yeah. she went to this taekwondo instructor yeah. that cricket recommended and said I want you to train me like you train cricket and then was proposition for sex right so like, ah! yeah <laughs> so because that's what cricket was getting yeah. was getting sex from her taekwondo Absolutely. instructor and so Carlene was just calling it like she saw it, you know, yeah. and I really don't think that she was trying to uh, get out her own couple sexual aggression out. Uh, and so then for for Cricket to come in and be like, you're doing this because you're upset and you're in your sex life and um, you went there looking for sex was just I thought. Cricket was yeah. brilliant, 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 She's so smart. She's so smart. And like. I like admire some of the things that she can come up with in her head. Yeah, because she's she's witty and she's like come back really quick. I mean, Absolutely. she's got it kind of all figured out in her head. I think. Yeah. Um, she's still not that nice of a person, but um, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but she's getting better. Yeah. She's becoming more human too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I agree. And poor Carlene was like, oh. <laughs> I got nothing to say. Like, she, not that she knew in her head like that's not correct. Yeah. But like. What can you say to get out of that? Yeah, you she can't just say was so stupefied yeah. by how quick this attack yeah. was from Cricket. I will say, due to Cricket's wits and everything, she is my favorite. I think mm-hmm. that she she's got something going on. Well, my mom call. I know I bring my mom up a lot, but she calls me as soon as she watches all these shows, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so Cricket! Like if I was any of these characters, <laughs> I would be Cricket." And I mean, I kind of see it. Like not all of it, but the wittiness and like the funniness that comes with even when she's being serious, it's yeah. hilarious at the same time. Absolutely. Um, but she's one of my favorite characters now too. Not. Um, not the most physically appealing character, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't think I don't she's, want to be rude. She's difficult to look at, I don't think, by any means. But. No, but definitely kind of the... She's a little more harsh. Like, every, like all her facial expressions are just really harsh. That's true. And it makes her kind of, like, not as pleasant to watch sometimes. Yeah. Like, I would lo- I love everything that she does, and, and that's who her character is. So, yeah. in that sense, she's not hard to watch. Right. But as far as, you know, when you look at Carlene or you look at Amanda or Heather, like, mm-hmm. they're just a little more appealing to watch. And yeah. She, her, her facial expressions, Cricket, are just very intense. Yeah. Like, she's just very harsh and intense. Absolutely. Um, but I think... This was my kind of prediction, is that I think that Cricket and Blake have the best marriage. I completely agree they've I, got that as ironic as it is <laughs> yeah because he's a closet yeah <laughs> um 
Yeah, he likes his cowboys. Um, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? I know. I like cowboys, too. But um, he likes them a lot. <laughs> uh, giddy up. Giddy up. Um, but I think that they have the best marriage. They seem to really, they fight a lot, but they get through it. And yeah. they're able, th- they're best friends, basically, is what it boils down to. And, you know, yes, they don't get their sexual desires from each other. Mm-hmm. But in that, I think that that kind of takes away one stressful element of their relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. I loved what Cricket had to say when they were laying in bed. And she said, I'd never, I had three people propose to me before you did. And none of these other guys liked me for me. They either liked me for my money or um, had money, but were really offended by my ambitious, determined attitude, which is my favorite thing about cricket is that she is so determined and so I'm going to do whatever I can to get what I want um, and it, it appears to be that that's what Blake likes about her so yeah. much too and I truly feel that the two of them have each other's back 100% oh, they they're both looking out for each other and um, you could see that when cricket um, when when Blake confronted cricket about the Carlene issue yeah you know he said to her um, that he was kind of upset with her basically mm-hmm. for being loose about her you know, sexualness with yeah. her tra- taekwondo teacher, which yeah. it, it wasn't her fault, but um, she came back at him. Yeah, and you know, was like, "Well, I, you know, I can just let this gossip continue, and I can be the adulteress, and you can go with your cowboys, and nobody will ever question your moral yeah. behavior." And he was like, um, "Yeah." You know? <laughs> and she's so right, and that at, at that point really highlighted the sacrifice that she's making that she has made and i know it was a a personal choice and she decided to do it and everything but there really is just the essential dysfunction about marrying a closeted gay man no i mean being part of the gay community if you're a closeted gay man i feel for you i'm sorry but don't ask somebody to marry you right (laughs) you know what i mean to try to make it better yeah yeah that's not her problem that's your problem (laughs) but she agreed to it at the beginning like she knew up front right yeah, yeah, because she. Um, that's what I never. That's what I think we're we're having to figure out on our own because yeah. they didn't really say that out loud. Right. I mean, I feel like they. I thought at the, at first that maybe like she just sort of found out over the years mm-hmm. and they just kind of went with it because mm-hmm. everything was working out. Right. But it seems like they really planned for it. I mean, they have that huge bed. They don't even sleep near one another. I love that. He had just to roll over know, like 10 times. Four, yeah. <laughs> but they snuggled yeah. this time. That was sweet. That was really sweet. I, I, I liked that. Yeah. That, that to me was like the, all, all, the, all the intimacy they need with each other is yeah. that. Is yeah. that comfort that mm-hmm. they accept each other. Yeah. And they're both... Uh, they both clearly love each other, and they're yeah. both clearly getting theirs on the side when yeah. they need it. Yeah. With Blake with his <laughs> cowboys, and I just love Cricket's, just her sort of abuse of having a personal trainer. Yeah. First with her Pilates instructor, <laughs> and I loved how when she found out that he's getting engaged, she goes, buy all the Waco workouts, and then just shut them down. Shut them down and <laughs> burn them. Yeah. Tear them down. She, well, first she said, find out where they're registered and send them a nice exactly. gift. Exactly. And then buy all their companies and trash them. And <laughs> it's over. But that's, if she has the power to do that, yeah. more power to her. Yeah. Um, so as dysfunctional as they are, they they work too. So they it's funny work. how a lot, that, but that is that not the story of all of these, except maybe Sharon and Zach, you know, the other two couples, like they're so dysfunctional yeah. that they work because they're both so dysfunctional. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's... <laughs> like what happens if one person's normal and the other one's dysfunctional? <laughs> what does that look like? It's not going to work. Amanda and her husband, maybe, because Amanda's not quite dysfunctional, right? Yeah. Yeah, but her husband dysfunct- clearly was. Her husband clearly was. So it ends up in <laughs> immoral acts in your car, 
that, <laughs> that lead that to death. Lead to death. Off so the cliff. watch out. <laughs> <laughs> so don't marry a dysfunctional person if you're normal. Yeah. And if you're dysfunct- dysfunctional, don't marry a normal person. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Go there for crazies go. if you're crazy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Who gets to be the judge of that? (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good question. (laughs) Anyway, so let's discuss Amanda a little bit. I know we've gotten off a lot on on the other characters because we're getting to know them a lot more and a little bit less. You're seeing a little less of Amanda. Mm -hmm. But something came back to haunt her and it Mm -hmm. pulled some emotions out of her that we haven't ever seen before. Yeah. Um, She received the letter from Bill. Mm -hmm. And I guess, did the Fed send it to her? I, it looked. It said the U.S. Marshal, and then it appeared that uh, Gigi, her mom, had crossed out Amanda's name and said not at this address, oh. intending for her not to get to see it. That I don't know if that then meant that Gigi opened it before and read it. I don't know, but because it was in two packages. Yeah, so yeah. that's interesting. It is I don't interesting. know. I didn't catch that. I didn't yeah. even think about that. But she definitely was affected by this letter, mm-hmm. and she she told Heather that it was. Like from Bill saying that he hoped she would forgive him. Yeah. And she's like, as if I could even ever understand, you know, what, how could you understand that whole thing? Exactly. That to me made me like Bill a lot less. Not that I even liked him to get to begin with, but it's how could he ever ask that? You are cheating on your wife with your wife's best friend and you're stealing stealing millions and millions and millions of dollars from not only your own family, but from all of these other people that have become involved in your Ponzi scheme. I just, it, that to me, he's so delusional to be able to think he can even ask for forgiveness yeah. there. And it seemed like a very like nice and sweet, like pleading letter. And yeah. I was like, really? Do you, what is she going to do with that? Right. That's only going to make her hate you more. It's one thing if you're just like, honey, like I'm over it, whatever. And then she's like, you know, okay, fine. You're a jerk. Like whatever. Yeah. But to try to be endearing, I think she was really furious about that after all he put exactly. her through and their family. But it's funny because up to this point, I never saw emotion from Amanda mm-hmm. about Bill. I mean, from the beginning, when when the lawyer was in her house and they're taking the chairs out from under her, she's just like composed yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And we never really saw her break down and really grieve, even when I think she tried. Mm-hmm. It just never happened. Yeah. Um, but she was really affected by him kind of coming back when she least expected it. Mm-hmm. And right when she maybe was ready to move on, he like came back and pushed her back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. But what what did you see as far as her growth in this episode? I needed, personally, for me to become connected to the character of Amanda, to see her be mad at that. Because yes. there's no way you couldn't be. Right. He was the reason, even if there wasn't uh, any sort of love or connection between the two of them, it was because of him that she's now back living with her mother, who she has this horrible relationship with, back in Dallas with these horrible women who are awful to her. She would be mad at that, and she was just indifferent the entire time. Whether she's grieving that he actually died and is really sad about her, or whether he she's angry at him, she would have had emotions. So you I love both. Yeah, I love <laughs> that they actually got into her head a little bit about this this incident, um, and I thought that. I like the whole premise of needing to have that sort of closure because yeah. I think even when you have when you're just like a stupid teenager and you have your first relationship that then that Breaks then up, ends, yeah. you want to have your little like closing thing where you throw all the things he gave you yeah. in the fire or something overreacting like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, she just, didn't really get to do that because the yeah. feds took all her stuff. Yeah, she didn't have any control over anything, so she couldn't even control her own emotions. Yeah, much less try to like be mad or like burn anything of his or something. Exactly. So, um, so I loved the uh, pinata scene with Me Gigi. Too. 
It showed a lot. It show, That scene, as simple as it was, yep. her beating the heck out of that pinata and Gigi going to get her clubs, like, <laughs> that was amazing. It was like this mother-daughter relationship blossoming a little bit and understanding yeah. each other. And it was her, Amanda, really getting out those anger emotions and, you know, beating the heck out of Bill. Yeah. But then also crying a little bit. and. Mm-hmm. And I just, that was a beautiful scene to me. Probably I, one of my favorites so far. I agree. I love that it, it was a moment to bring Gigi and Amanda together. Um, I also like, just not to be too like thera- therapy-ish about it, um, but that it was a completely adult scene. That it was just Amanda and her mom. Yeah. And she didn't have to worry about the kids. Because it's hard to be a parent. And yeah. sometimes you want to be like, get these little kids out of my face. Um and so for her to be able to have that moment of just being able to let out all of her feelings without worrying about what her kids are going to think and it's their dad and blah, 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 that she could have that purely selfish moment yeah. and just really beat the crap out right. of this She hasn't pinata. had one of those before. Yeah. She's never had a moment to herself. Yeah. So it was, it was like you said, to connect with her character, I think the audience needed that. Yeah. I think it, it brought her to life more for me. Yeah. Because... Um, a friend of mine actually said that he watched it and he was like, I just don't get like, I don't know whose side to be on. I don't even like this good girl. You know, I don't connect with her. Yeah. So I think now we're going to see who Amanda really is. Hopefully totally she'll grow even more as a character. Yeah, I hope so. Cause I I completely agree. I feel like the first two episodes, Amanda was just a vehicle to these four interesting, Mm -hmm. funny GCBs. Yeah. You know, (laughs) (laughs) but what about, what about Amanda and Gigi? I love that relationship. Gigi is my second favorite after Cricket. I think Gigi might be my favorite. She's just so... She says everything like she honestly feels. That she's not trying to be uptight or snooty or put on airs. It's what she likes and she's going to tell you what she likes. And if you have a problem with it, she'll eventually get over it. (laughs) But she's going to make sure that her opinion is known. Um, But I like seeing her softer moments too. You know, like like tonight when... or, Or not tonight, last night. But um, like when she was hugging Amanda after they beat the pinata. Yeah. You know, and she's like, I'm sorry, I'll never send you out like that again. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll be ready when you're ready. And that was a very motherly understanding moment. Just like when she came into the booby bar yeah. and brought the party to the booby bar. You know, it. I love that she's strong and she's like harsh sometimes and she says what she thinks and it's like no BS. Yeah. Um, and she's funny. But when you see her kind of take a step back it's even more endearing yeah and it makes all those other moments more precious yeah absolutely i think in her bluntness and in her just ability to get across how she feels about everything she's also able to get across even if it's in a harsh way her love for her family members um just like at the very beginning when she brings amanda two dates to go to the opera at the same time (laughs) and they're both in oil what was she supposed to do pick pick one i guess so at the end of the night take the other one (laughs) yeah i have no idea but i love that she was just like it's time that you start dating what did she say she said um your husband was an adulteress and uh and an embezzler so it's about time you get back in the saddle just a little sooner yeah and then brings out two men that was awesome that was a funny um kind of harsh but funny when she did when she said that when amanda was like mom i'm not ready yet like my my husband hasn't even been dead a year yeah and then she said well because he's an adulterer and (laughs) an embezzler you can get back in the saddle sooner (laughs) i love it which makes sense to me that was very logical it's more acceptable in the community (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) If he's a criminal. (laughs) Um, So then we saw 
uh, Heather come into play more. Mm-hmm. Um, and this billionaire guy comes out of nowhere. Yeah. This nerd from high school who comes back just as nerdy as he left, I yeah. think. And Heather's just smitten. Which I find interesting because I don't think that was she, I mean was she a nerd in high school what what was her character in high school do we know that yet I feel like they've probably touched on it but not enough to really have it stick in yet to me I think they are giving Heather a good amount of time but she's getting the least amount of time yeah of all she those, is and I like the, her I do too um, but I think she was a a little bit of a loser. Um, Almost like she was on the fringe. Like she yeah. could kind of swing either way. Totally. Like they kind of take care of her in the Fox group or yeah. whatever, but they kind of push her away sometimes. Exactly. That she She's was kind of in and out. In a limbo. That was me. I was kind of in limbo. <laughs> I never quite fit in with like one group, but like I could kind of talk to some people in, in each group, you know? Be a floater. Yeah, I was Hop kind of a floater. I love it. Not that anyone else loved it, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's pretty clumsy and we see her kind of lose her polish. A little bit, um, which was cute. But the guy didn't seem to think it was very cute at first. I know. Which, I mean, I wouldn't either. If somebody knocked out my crown and I had to go to the dentist. um, And... Because she's totally, she set it up very professionally in that it was just supposed to be a real estate deal and she's just getting to know a potential client and everything, but we all know that she really has a crush on him and everything. And um, so I could see, and he seems awkward enough not to get the signals that she has a crush on him as well. So if I were him in that awkward state of mind, I would also just rush out there and be like, I need to fix my tooth. Like he didn't get it yeah. at first, I think. Yeah, and then he totally did once he grabbed her. And yeah, I wonder her at the what end. what clicked, what changed during those two scenes, like for from from the stable scene where she knocked his tooth out, yeah, till when he kissed her at the fire truck. Like, what happened in between for him to like click? Just go for it. I think you know. I think the GCBs would say it was Jesus, since it happened right after the single Amen. seminar in the church. Amen. Um, but it's I all because of that singles group. <laughs> She learned so much, and she burned her sexual sins and became a virgin again, and she just was ready to find Mr. Right. You were surprisingly good at that. (laughs) Thank you. Some people tell me they can't tell that I'm Southern. I don't understand. (laughs) I love it. But I think maybe it was just like the the heat of the moment. No pun intended, since there's a fire. Um, Not a real fire. Yeah. I think, you know, it's just there's fire trucks coming and everyone's rushing out and he probably just had this moment of bravery and impromptu like oh I'm gonna get the girl yeah and yeah. I liked it I think that's a cute little couple but poor Amanda's me like too. don't get a boyfriend and ignore me I know I I'm know. like if she doesn't have one friend I don't know what she's gonna do so hopefully they become a hopefully the two of them will become her yeah um, what am I trying to say Encouragers, I don't yeah. know, teammates, totally. But you know, I find it, I find it intriguing that the, the billionaire guy, and I don't remember his name for some reason. I think it's Andrew. Andrew Reming. Okay, Andrew. You know, he's a billionaire now, probably more wealthy than any of these couples in Dallas. Absolutely, probably all of them combined. Oh yeah, <laughs> but he was a nerd in high school, treated probably pretty badly. I can only imagine a nerdy kid getting bullied in school. Right. But he doesn't seem to have any animosity towards the people. I mean, he's not saying that Carlene or Amanda or anybody is bad or evil. I mean, yet. Yeah. We haven't gotten to know him a lot yet, but just in his scenes at the church, he seemed very composed and put together and just kind of accepting and not judgmental, which I find a very juxtaposing (laughs) character to the main characters. Yeah. I also think it's just um, sort of in the 
in the difference between guys and girls, a lot of times yeah. guys are just so unaware of of cattiness that's going on or or even just socially unaware for the positives and negatives that that has to be socially unaware but he in my mind I, I probably think he was just that socially awkward um that he didn't really pick up on the animosities that these that these girls had because it seems like their attention was so focused on getting at each other yeah that he didn't even have time for this other nerd guy yeah you know that's true so i'm excited to see him come into play some more yeah. if we if we get to that <laughs> if he gets there um probably the most exciting point of the show we have to go into this a little bit um is this spicy scriptures and biblical sex theme that was <laughs> running throughout this whole episode um when i asked my mom again how the episode was when she because she watched it first and she said it's all about sex <laughs> And I was like, what? Oh, I don't get it. Like, I didn't, I was like, well, I don't know how they're going to, I mean, they talk about sex every, you know, throughout yeah. the whole episodes, but this is a lot about sex and a very interesting um, take on sex. Like we've talked about Carlene and uh, Rip, but one of her solutions to their not being able to perform was to dress up like Adam and Eve. <laughs> and she's like, the book says that yeah. this is the most popular yeah. Foreplay from the Bible or something. (laughs) Exactly. The most popular, yeah, role-playing couple. And I just, I I cannot relate whatsoever. I thought it was hilarious. It was hilarious. But. She had a snake. Well, so does he. (laughs) (laughs) Except his doesn't bite. (laughs) We hope. You know. Yeah. (laughs) She hopes. Anyway. She had a. A, like plush snake that she was wrapping around herself and she was all dressed in their little and he was holding up the little panties the little like leaf panties and yeah. he's like yeah not so not much not gonna happen not gonna happen I just cannot <laughs> think of anything from the bible that I think is sexy it would have to not it would maybe like Sodom and Gomorrah or something like I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of <laughs> yeah, I haven't run into that enough yet to, um, to really know. No, I can't. <laughs> Maybe like David and Bathsheba. I don't know. <laughs> Who are these people? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that I would be turned on yeah. by the Bible. I mean, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. I just, but I thought it was really funny that... That she know, would try it. Yeah. That she really is so devoted to the Bible, which is something to be said about really finding something and committing that she is going to, you know, really find something right. how the or find ways to make the Bible relate to all aspects of her life, including when she's naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it was a TV show, but I found it funny that she had on the little um, like underwear yeah. leaves, but the rest of her costume was just nude yeah. as if she was naked. But I'm like, but you're not actually naked, but you're yeah. trying to like turn Be on sexy. Her. Yeah. I didn't get it. I mean, I, they can't show her right. naked on TV. So that's, I had to come to terms with that's probably why. Yeah. But I was just like, I don't get it. Like it maybe could work if yeah. you did it like for real, but I don't know. I don't want to try it. <laughs> I think it would have been funnier if they had incorporated. I was really impressed with their use of the fuzzy bar when, um, when Cricket's daughter's uh, cheerleading uniform snapped oh off from gosh. her boob job. That was amazing. And then they like gave a full frontal shot, but just did the you know yeah. the fuzziness over there. That area. was amazing. I thought that was part of the hilarity of the moment was to have the the um, blind bar there. What is the actual term for that? I can't remember. But um, they blurred it out. I don't yeah, know, the blur bar. And uh, I thought that would have been really funny if they had incorporated that too because 
clearly in the real instance, she would have been naked with just these right. leaves on. Right. She exactly. would have been topless. So, but you know, I guess it's a, they can only push so many buttons. Right. And I just think <laughs> it's hilarious that constantly we're taken back to this theme of you know if you have a problem you should go to the christian self-help section of the bookstore yeah and it's like spicy scriptures spicy scriptures that sharon thought was a or sack thought was a cookbook (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i mean i think that there are some things in life that you can't solve maybe with with reading about I I don't this sounds bad as a Christian to be like you can't solve all life's problems with Christianity but Mm -hmm. I just I I don't know that every problem in life I go to the bookstore like and find the Christian self-help section like I pray about things and I you know try to figure things out with God on my own and you know I'll read my Bible and things like that but I don't know that that I want to read a book that somebody else wrote about the Bible about my issue yeah (laughs) it just I don't get it yeah but it's hilarious that that's a theme. Yeah. Nonetheless, you know. I <laughs> wonder good... what else the Christian self-help section can solve. Yeah. It's a good recommendation for those of you listening. If you do have problems in your sex life and you haven't tried the Bible yet, <laughs> give it a try. Try it, it out. It could be for somebody. I can't point you in the right direction, though, because yeah. I don't know. It's... Which one? It's so funny that Kristen Chenoweth's character, um, she is so on it with the verses she from the Bible. knows everything. And I, I mean... Uh, my mom and I are just not like that. Like we, like I, I get the messages from the Bible and I can totally talk to somebody who's having a problem or if I'm having a problem and I can relate to like a message from the Bible, Yeah. but I have no idea where to find it. Like I've heard it before maybe. And so it's ringing a bell with my problem, but yeah. I can't be like, Oh, honey, don't worry about it. Just go to Philippians 24 seven or whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know those verses. I haven't read the Bible cover to cover. I, it's, it's a big challenge you yeah. know so i admire carlene for being able to fire those bible verses out girl yeah. and solve them problems i i could not do that either i to be honest haven't read the bible uh, <laughs> shocker but i could tell you where to find a lot of things in harry potter if, <laughs> if you need that all right well on that note we're gonna go to commercial and when we come back we'll give you some predictions on what we think is gonna happen in dallas coming up next week After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzz TV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? <laughs> Sorry, every time Sir Richard Wentworth comes on and, and does his little spiel for you guys, I love to imitate him, and I... You do a great job in the eyes you give and the what you want to buzz about are very... What do you want to buzz about? 
That's what these GCB women are saying. That's right. They're all buzzing around yeah. Dallas. So, guys, we want to get into some predictions yeah. for the next couple of episodes. We've got a lot of issues that have been brought up. And now... There's a lot of unknowns. Yep. Predictions. Predictions. another one where I have to say... I have to wait for it to say predictions. <laughs> so, we, we were brought up with this huge bombshell of a prediction from Rip. Yeah. That Bill might still be alive. Yeah. I just really hope to God in the thing <laughs> that that's not the case. Yeah. I would I just don't want that to happen. I I think Bill's a scumball and I just I like the idea of Rip and, and Carlene being so just involved in their own world that they that they have to come up with schemes that other people are doing against them because they're that self-involved. They think everyone else's life right. revolves around them. But um, I just really hope Bill's not alive. I do too. I think it would ruin a lot of things. Yeah. I don't want to meet him ever. Like yeah. I just hope he's gone. Yeah. Ocean. I think it is that that scene did set us up though to start to think about in the coming episodes um, sort of the hell that Rip and Carlene are going to put Amanda through since they think Amanda is in on it. That they're they going to be that trying to get They think that she knows something yeah. about where he's put all this money and we find out that Blake, I mean, I always want to call Blake Rip and Rip Blake. They That's look so alike. Like. They look like twins. Yeah. Um, except the gay one's cuter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Darn you. Share. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, but we find out that Rip is part of the Ponzi scheme, mm-hmm. that he was, well, he was drug in by Bill, that Bill came to Dallas and asked him to give some money and invest money and that he's lost it all. Yep. Um, and I, she's like, are, are we very, are we still very rich? And he's like, yes, we're very, very, very rich, but we're just not very, 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 very rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we find out that he, you know, invested money and that he's very emotionally invested in this issue and mm-hmm. in figuring out what's really going on with Bill's money issues. Yeah. Um, so we see him making some mysterious phone calls and that's definitely going to be a theme, I think in the next few episodes and poor Amanda. Yeah. Cause they think she knows what happened. Yeah. And I hope she doesn't like if that really, if somehow he's alive and she's in on it, I think that would ruin the whole show. Yeah. It would, that connection I made with Amanda today would just be ruined. Be so I'd be like, no, I felt like you were a human and now you're just not. As conniving and yeah. equals, and like of everybody's conniving, and yeah. Evil. Like there has to be one sort of good character, yeah. Somewhere. Exactly. The Cinderella story, exactly. Um, and then you know, obviously Sharon and Zach are going to have some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Sharon throw the ice cream in the garbage can. Yep. And say, I'm you know done with yeah. this. Like I'm gonna. I don't know what she said, but basically it was the gist yeah. was I'm gonna lose weight. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Yeah. What's gonna happen with that? Do you see her getting skinny? I. I don't, to be honest. I think part of her shtick is that she is... She's not even fat. She's just a little bit heavier than these other women. And I think that's part of the thing. That's part of the whole, isn't she so funny? Because she makes jokes about it, about her being a little overweight. The other girls make jokes about it. And I think think that'll continue to be a source of comedy for the show. I'm interested to see what happens with her and if she has the commitment to work. Maybe she needs a personal trainer. There you go. (laughs) Biggest loser. Somehow tie in with GCB crossover show. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Well, guys, that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV, to the GCB After Show. And thank you, my dear, for being with us. Of course. I'll be back. We'll be back next Monday night. Hopefully we'll have some video for you guys. There you go. Bye, (laughs) y'all. Bye, y'all. 
from Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 